Coming up on today's edition of the Next Fan Up podcast. I, I got to tell you, Colin Cowherd's got nothing on you when it comes to metaphors, Neil. He's going to get burned more often than the, the bread in my toaster. All defense. Right. Defense. Dallas doesn't have a defense. I mean, Andrew Luck, he's been injured so often. I guess, you know, if he was a horse, somebody would have shot him already. Let's get it all started previewing week one of the NFL preseason. Here we go. I had the game on mute, so I wasn't listening to any of the, the commentation. Listen. Hello. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You play to win the game. Next fan up. I want winner. Featuring Pod Vader and the super fans. But they are who we thought they were. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a feisty edition of the Next Fan Up podcast. I am Pod Vader here with five super fans, and it's feisty because we've got preseason games to talk about. Not real football games, but there are football games happening. Uh, we had one that kicked off last night. We'll recap the Texans and the Panthers in just a moment, uh, and we're going to preview all of the week one games, what the super fans are at least watching for in each of these games and tell you why uh, if you do end up watching these games and they'll all be available at some point on the NFL network, uh, what it is that you should be watching for in these games. Cause we know it's not for wins and losses. And if you are watching it for wins and losses and you're actually betting on these games, uh, please uh, find yourself some help. You need it. All right. Uh, let me introduce to you the five super fans that are joining me on today's show, and we will start across the pond with our Washington Redskins super fan, Neil. Hello, Neil. Hey, Jay. How you doing? Uh, you could just tell Rob from me, because I'm not speaking to him anymore, that uh, he's not taking Washington's mediocrity away. We own mediocrity. He's not having it. <laughs> uh, Neil is referencing Rob, our Buffalo Bills super fan. Uh, they were getting into it over uh, which team has a better chance at a Super Bowl, the Bills or the Redskins. And Rob, uh, you claim it's the Redskins. Well, I mean, I feel like the Buffalo Bills have had the mediocre uh, market cornered for the past 18 years. So how dare you, Neil, try to hoard in on our market? <laughs> uh, speaking of mediocre, uh, the team that I feel defines mediocrity, uh, at least represented out of the teams here, uh, would be in Houston, and that is uh, the Texans. Hello, James. Howdy, Jay. Well, I mean, we're, we're talking about mediocrity. We're three people deep and have yet to bring up the, the name Jeff Fisher, who is the embodiment of mediocrity. So uh, until he gets his next NFL coaching gig, which I am desperately holding out for so he can set the all-time loss record. Mm. Uh, the team that is hoping mediocrity comes and visits them because it would be an improvement that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, James. Whoa, 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 whoa. We were mediocre <laughs> last year with a rookie quarterback. We're looking for a step up this year, trying to crack that playoff ceiling. I'm sorry. We're, did you not have a losing record last year? Hey, 77-9 is still mediocre, Ask Jeff Fisher. Mm, interesting, interesting thought. And the, a team that is no longer mediocre and high expectations – have been placed. The Dallas Cowboys joining us from Prison Zone 6. It's Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Pod. Hey, everyone. Yeah, um, I mean, the Cowboys rarely put two consecutive good seasons together. It's been a while, so we're, we're praying over here that that does happen. Um, but yeah, to comment on the Eagles, I would say last season was mediocre. 100% agree with Pod. And we, we can talk later, James. <laughs> 
uh, if you believe uh, your team uh, holds the title for mediocrity, send in those emails, nextfanup at gmail.com. You can tweet us at NFU Podcast. You can reach us on our Facebook page. Uh, just search Next Fan Up while you're in Facebook or go to facebook.com slash NFU Podcast. Uh, we have a whole bunch of stuff happening on our website. Uh, if you go to nextfanup.wordpress.com, uh, you can check out uh, what all of the super fans wrote, except for the following super fans who feel shame in preseason <laughs> week one for not posting previews to their games. Uh, that is MJ, our Atlanta Falcons superfan. Andy, our Dolphin superfan, who often joins us on Thursdays. Don, our Raven superfan, who also often joins us on Thursdays. Patrick, the Patriot superfan. And let's face it, Patrick, there's another Patriot superfan already on this podcast. That is not a good thing for you. The Jaguars superfan, Ryan. Uh, Sam, our Giants superfan, but... He's getting a pass because he's already reached out to me and he's basically off for the summer. Uh, Jared, our Rams superfan. Andrew, our Jets superfan. Matt, our Titans superfan, who's one of our newest. Uh, Ken, our Chargers superfan, apparently too busy doing other things. And Kevin, feel shame. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. (laughs) Now that's mediocrity. That, no, No. that's worse. (laughs) Oh, that is worse than Whoa. mediocrity. In my defense, in my defense, I've had a very busy week at work, and I think this is the first preview I've missed since I joined last October. But duly noted, I'll never miss again. All defense. Right. Defense. Dallas doesn't have a defense. <laughs> <laughs> That's well done. Before we jump into the uh, recap and the preview of the games, one uh, news note that I wanted to get into, and no, Rob, it will not be Anquan Bolden signing with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the NFL announced that they will hire full-time referees. Woo! Yay! Refereeing will be solved. We'll have great refs from now on, right? They're never going to miss a call ever again, right? But if, if I'm not back next season, you'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> because you're going to become a full-time referee? Hey, well, I might as well apply for it. <laughs> It's not a bad gig. Jay, we did this in soccer over here a number of years ago, you know, where everybody, they were all, all became full-time referees after they were, you know, the amateurs doing their day jobs and all the rest of it. And I can tell you, it is, uh, it's been good for the refs because they're all on a six-figure sum uh, salary. But I tell you, it has made absolutely no difference to the game at all, (laughs) apart from the fact that the referees can run fast enough because they're fit enough to make bad decisions. Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't feel that this is necessarily going to improve officiating no. in any sense of the word. Uh, I do think that there are obviously some benefits to having full-time referees. Now, my understanding is that the refs will actually be still will still be able to keep other jobs, but the NFL has to be their first priority. Um, hmm. This sounds like not a change at all, <laughs> but uh, they also I mean, will not. Change. Un- the one change uncommon language for contracts, though. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Rob- the one change I did see um, in kind of with this stuff happening is that they are going to now have a voice on other things that they didn't before, uh, like the competition committee, uh, things like that. So, you know, kind of bring a different perspective, which may be able to, you know, possibly help in minute ways. 
you know, along the way. But it's only, what is it, 24 out of the, how many officials are there? A hundred and something. So, 24. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a start, but I feel this is more of a PR move than anything else. Yes. The other, the other thing is they have to be available to attend a meeting within 48 hours. So while they don't need to relocate to New York, they have to be able to get to New York in less than two days. So hey, if once you're... Yeah, if you're hey, if you're hey, stuck. Hey, Kevin, up in uh, Prison Zone Six, is that even possible to get to downtown New York with the current state of their transit system? <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Fortunately wow. for me, I don't need to use the subway to get to work, but it is a disaster over here this summer. It really is, especially coming from Brooklyn and Queens. Um, thank God I actually live in Manhattan, so I don't need to use those crappy subway lines. But yeah, a lot of people are not happy. That's for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the game that was played, uh, last evening. Uh, it was the Houston Texans and the Carolina Panthers. Panthers came away with a win 27 to 17, but that's not what we really care about. Houston James, we care about Deshaun Watson, uh, because that's what everybody else is caring about right now. Oh yeah, lots of talk about how he just, uh, you know, lit it up. How he turned the uh, my favorite headline from last night was how he he turned the Charlotte crowd uh, in his favor, which is not at all surprising considering it's a preseason game. The Carolina Panthers were winning. He had a good play and he played in Clemson. So uh, there were quite a few Clemson jerseys out in the uh, uh, out in the stadium last night. Uh, Tom Savage started the game. He went uh, over everything on his first two drives. Uh, Carolina's defense looked back from two years ago. I mean, it looked uh, impressive. They put uh, pressure on Savage, uh, both of his first two dropbacks, as well as uh, stuff in the, the running back for a loss on basically the only meaningful snaps that uh, Luke Keekley played. Um, uh, once the uh, second stringers for Carolina went in, uh, things changed. Savage actually ended up going eight for eight and uh, looked halfway competent. Uh, then Deshaun Watson came in, you know, the, the stat line 15 to 25, you know, for about 180 yards. Uh, but the big play, of course, was a 15 yard touchdown run. Uh, he, he did look good. He did have some, uh, you know, some rookie mistakes, overflow, overthrowing a couple guys, missing a couple of open reads. Uh, nothing that would be unexpected for a rookie. Um, you know, we kind of have to temper ex- temper expectations based on what the, the reports are out there. He did play good. He did not play, you know, second coming of Russell Wilson good or great. Um, but, I mean, he looked like a competent NFL starter, which compared to the rest of the Houston Texans, looks really good. Um, you know, so I, I basically gauge the defense and how hard they're playing based on how well our poor running back Alfred Blue does. Uh, he was able to do uh, you know five rushes for like 33 yards and a touchdown. So he did all of his damage with a with a bad or the the backup Carolina defense in, and it's the exact same for Deshaun Watson. Um, we we talked a little bit uh, going on or you know on the Slack group last night. If and when the uh, Texans transition from Savage to Watson, it's going to be you know a game or two of growing pains because. Uh, you know, Watson has that ability to get outside the pocket, whereas Savage just basically stands there. And if he, if he steps up in the pocket, that that's a lot of movement for him. Um, so that led to a lot of holding calls, quite a few false start calls when they transitioned from Savage to uh, Watson. I think we ended up with 12 penalties for like 91 yards. And then uh, 
not to harp too much on the on the special teams play, but you know Houston is also going to be right there at the bottom of the league again in special teams. Um, they made the great decision of taking one out of the end zone from five yards deep. Uh, they managed to make it out to about the 19-yard line before that was brought back for a holding call. So instead of starting at the 25, they managed to start at their own seven-yard line. Uh, they tackled a guy, or they tackled a punt returner before he actually caught the ball, so that was fun. And um, the only Shane Leckler punt that got into the 20 or into Carolina's 20, uh, Houston had two guys there to tack, uh, two guys deep, uh, ready to tackle him. Uh, Carolina Panthers guy was able to escape for a 13-yard gain. So, you know, between the, the shoddy special teams and the poor penalties, Houston just kind of gave up close to 200 yards of uh, uh, equivalent offense. Uh, the one thing I saw, and I didn't watch the game last night, uh, but I did watch some of the highlights online. Uh, the thing I saw out of Deshaun Watson was his pocket movement. It did seem to be uh, more present than Tom Savage's, for sure. Um he he looked like he moved around well. Now I didn't because I only saw highlights. I didn't see any of his lowlights, so I don't know about these ten passes that he didn't complete. He was fifteen of twenty five. Two of those completions, though, were for a total of fifty five yards. Uh, so even though I went to Emerson College and my math is a little shaky, thirteen completions for one hundred and twenty ish yards is still less than ten yards of reception. Yep, that is how math works. Um, Thank you. His, his his receivers weren't really helping him out. They were doing a lot of check down passes. Uh, you can see in the in the box score that a lot of the uh, a lot of the running backs were were pretty high up there in in passing totals. Um, so it's they weren't taking a lot of shots downfield. They were basically just auditioning off. I think they've got eight running backs on the roster right now, or seven running backs on the roster right now. So they're just basically auditioning uh, who who can play those particular roles. And then with as bad as the offensive line was playing, which should compete with Seattle for the worst out there, um, that's not exactly helped by the holdout of Dwayne Brown. But um, he didn't have a whole lot of time, except uh, they did a couple of designed rollouts that that bought him uh, a lot of time to hit those two deep passes. but no, uh, it, it was encouraging to kind of see him hit those checkdowns, uh, hit hit what was hit what the defense was giving him. Um, it was discouraging to see that you know the the offensive line just could not generate enough of a push to give him the time that he needed to get down to his you know second or third option. Now, uh, from the Panther side of the ball, Cam Newton didn't throw. Uh, we know he's been dealing with the arm injury. Uh, I did see him cheerleading on the sidelines. Uh, also, uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Were the reports of Kelvin Benjamin a little exaggerated? He didn't look that fat. He didn't look Eddie Lacy fat to me. Uh, in, he in was the definitely not Eddie. He was definitely not Eddie Lacy fat. He was uh, uh, a, a healthy husky, I guess. Um, he, he was a little bit bigger than what he came in, but I mean, he played like an absolute beast, uh, in the, in the few series that he did play, he made an outstanding catch for his touchdown. Um, you know, that was, you know, that was a little bit of picking on the, the corner. I believe it was Jackson for that particular play. Uh, but his other reception, uh, was a nice catch and run set up by Derek Anderson where, um, you know, it, it was a 17-yard game that I think the ball traveled a grand total of like six yards, five or six yards down the field, and then 
he, he just out-muscled a couple of defenders. So he, he's looking good. Neil, I know you have some questions here about the game last night. <laughs> of course, yeah. I go to Neil as he's muted. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Jay, uh, doing other things. Uh, yeah, James, I was wondering, uh, uh, from a from a Panthers point of view, sorry, and I don't have, well, I have one Texans question. I was wondering if J.J. Watt saw any playing time at all. Yep, J.J. Watt played a series, uh, said, you know, said it was good to be back. He did not get carted off the field or anything, so that's encouraging. Yeah, um, that's... I guess we'll see today how, uh, you know, how he responds to having played, but um, that's more preseason work than he typically gets. Mm. It's going to be great to see him and Clowney on the field at the same time, both fit. That'd be great. What about uh, uh, Curtis Samuel? He wouldn't have played last night for the Panthers, would he? The second round pick. Is it Curtis Samuel? It's not the right name, is it? Chris Samuel? No. Who knows? The, the running back? McCaffrey? Christian no, no, McCaffrey? No, 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 man. No, Samuel, Samuel second from round uh, Ohio State. Yeah. Samuel was. Oh, um... I did not see Samuel. Um, I, I had the game on mute, so I wasn't listening to any of the, the commentation. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't see Samuel out there. Um, I don't believe he dressed. Um, but I mean, to get to Christian Mc... Yeah, he looked he looked good um, against the against the Houston ones. He looked like a uh, an NFL ready uh, running back. He didn't quite look like the the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Uh, once the the second teamers got in there, he he ripped off a couple of good plays, and uh, you know it, it looks like they're going to be able to incorporate him well into the offense. They weren't running anything too exotic. You didn't see anything. Uh, I think they split him out wide once or twice, but um, you could definitely see the potential where they would have uh, a lot of options for him, either out of the backfield or split wide. And did the Panthers' O line look any good at all? You know they they held their own against the the Houston ones. So you know it, it, as long as they're officiated well, um, I think Cam Newton will survive, and he's not doing uh, crazy runs all the time. Uh, even if he is and he can't start the season, Derek Anderson looked uh, competent. Uh, he looked better than any Browns quarterback or former Browns quarterback has in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, why don't we get into the previews at this point? And we will start with Thursday night, 7 p.m., Atlanta Falcons at the Miami Dolphins. And Eagles, James, I have assigned this game to you. What are we watching for here? Uh, Obviously, if you're a Falcons fan, you're looking at Tack McKinley, uh, first-round draft pick from this year. Um, You're also looking to see how um, this team bounces back um, it, depending on how much the uh, first unit plays in both offense and defense from that catastrophic Super Bowl loss. Um, on the Miami side, you want to see how Matt Moore plays because until Cutler's ready, he's your starter. And um, I'm not sure if um, Ajay is out of the concussion protocol, but I don't expect to see him tonight um, for Miami on defense. Um Dominican Sue in that group, you want to see them actually step it up a little bit and probably become a little bit more solid in the secondary. All right, Neil, you say you've got uh, some notes on the Atlanta Falcons for us. Yeah, I took the time today to uh, to wander down into the dark, dingy uh, office of finance in Aberdeenshire and spoke to emailer Sean about the Atlanta Falcons uh, just to see what he was kind of looking for in tonight's game. 
He's very much looking forward to seeing draft pick uh, Duke Riley, who's a young linebacker. Uh, he wants to see how he is incorporated into the into the squad. He's also looking at Demonte Casey, who's a free safety. Uh, he thinks he could be uh, uh, going to be starting. And he's looking at the right guard battle, which is between Ben Garland and Wes Schweitzer. And he's uh, he's kind of hoping Garland wins that battle at right guard. And he's heard a lot that uh, Eric Sober has had a, a tight end who's had a very good camp, and he wants to see if he can challenge, I think it's Austin Hooper they have down there at tight end, because uh, they're looking for a tight end to uh, to complement that offense. That's what he's looking for uh, in the game. Eagles James, you need to tell your friend MJ that uh, Neil's got a, got a guy down in finance who's ready to take over as the Falcons <laughs> fan. I'll be sure to pass that message along. <laughs> uh, all right. Next game on the docket is Vikings at Bills, also kicking off at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the Bills superfan Rob is here with that preview. All right. Um, for this game, uh, there's a couple things I'm looking forward to. Uh, I mean, for the Bills, I could probably think of about a thousand things I'm looking forward to. Uh, but uh, some things just kind of, you know, step out to me. Um the tight end position bills are going to be running an offense using a lot of uh, two tight end play and a name that a lot of you are probably familiar with, um, but not as a tight end, but as a quarterback, it's been really kind of working his way up, uh, up the depth chart in Buffalo, uh, Logan Thomas, who used to be a quarterback for Virginia tech and then was drafted as a quarterback uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. It didn't work out, but he's a big bodied guy. He's killed it in camp this year. Um, he was kind of, you know, one of the last, uh, last 90 to start camp. He's worked his way up to the number three role. I think he can play his way into the number two spot. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he plays. Um, I'm looking forward to see how the defense does just in general. It's going to be a completely different scheme. They're going from the Rex Ryan three, four, let's drop defensive tackles in the covers and see how fun that could be. Uh, to go into more of like a cover two shell um, with other looks, kind of like a cover three, similar to the stuff that you probably see a little bit in Seattle. Um, so I'm looking forward to see how the how everything goes with that. Obviously, it's a preseason. They're not going to show too much. Um, also looking forward to see, hoping to see Anquan Bolden just in a Bills uniform. I don't know if everybody heard, but uh, he signed with the Bills a couple days ago. Uh, he's going to play in the slot for them. Um, so that'll be fun. He played, uh, 80% of his snaps in the slot last year in Detroit, and he had a very productive season. And to answer, uh, Neil from our, uh, from our, uh, little chat box. Yes. Sammy Watkins still does have two feet. Both are healthy. And see how that goes. Uh, um, and then, uh, the other thing I'm interested to see is, uh, Reggie Raglan and kind of what happens with him. He has been demoted to the third team. Uh, middle linebacker. I think the Bills are going to trade him this offseason because he really just isn't a fit that he can't. I mean, he can't really cover too much. Um, and then the last thing, Zay Jones, which uh, Neil also mentioned in our chat box. I'm looking forward to seeing him. He's kind of in a battle um, with. Um, uh, he's in a uh, battle with a couple receivers uh, for the outside receiver spot. I think that uh, Bolden's going to be the slot guy. Um, 
I think he's going to win the job. He's looked really good in camp, so I think that'll be fun. Uh, Minnesota, just a couple pieces. I'm interested to see kind of their offensive line. They have, were terrible last year, and um, they've added quite a few new pieces. Um, I'd like to see kind of how they gel. I expect the offensive line to get a little bit better. Um, and then lastly, um, Dalvin Cook. I would, you know, really looking forward to see if he gets, you know, a couple series with the ones. I'm sure he will. Latavius Murray, I think, is still on pop. So he's going to probably get a little bit of playing time. What's that? Murray's off pup. He came off pup oh. uh, a couple days ago, but I do. Oh, did he? Okay. I, Either I way, I expect Cook is going to run with the ones. Yeah. Uh, I and think I Cook is not Murray to get much run at all. Yeah, I think Cook is the more talented of the two. Interested in the C. He fell a lot during the draft process, and you know it's going to be a good opportunity to kind of see what was real. Uh, so you know, from Minnesota's point of view, that's kind of what I'm looking for. All right, the next game on the docket is the Washington Redskins at the Baltimore Ravens, 7.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Uh, so, Neil, a little bit, uh, a half an hour later for you. Yep, half an hour later, but uh, obviously considerably better. For the Baltimore Ravens, uh, it's going to be a question for them about the offense. <laughs> We're going to see Ryan Mallett, of course, because uh, 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 what's his name, Flacco, still injured. So can Ryan Mallett run the first team offense in a game? Uh, well, it'll be a really interesting one to see if uh, if he's uh, replaced halfway through with our with our good friend Dusty Vaughn. I'm hoping so. Uh, they signed Tony Jefferson, safety in the in the off season as a free agent, and they'll be wanting to uh, incorporate him into the into the defense. I, that's a really great signing. I really like that one. I would like him at Washington, and of course, first round pick Marlon Humphrey will get his first taste of action on the outside at cornerback. And they'll also be looking at the guy they picked up. Was that last week, Austin Howard? The right tackle from the Oakland Raiders. They picked him up as a free agent. Uh, see if he can can get some time at right tackle uh, on the offensive line. For Washington, it's, it's interesting. For a team that is really fairly mediocre, there's actually not a lot of battles in, in camp this year. Inside linebacker. Uh, can Mason Foster hold off uh, Zach Brown, the the ex-Buffalo Bill, and, and I believe Pro Bowler last year? Uh, so far, he's doing that in camp, and Brown is, is is the third the third guy. But I think Zach Brown will will eventually uh, take over uh, inside linebacker. Uh, I guess everybody's thinking the same thing here. It's all about injuries, isn't it? We just don't want to see guys getting injured, uh, and yeah. We've already got Josh Doxon, who missed all of last year. He's got a bit of a hamstring. Uh, also, uh, Junior Gallette, uh, he's had a good camp, but again, a slight tightness in his hamstring. So uh, he'll be off down to the beach to uh, to chase some women around, no doubt. And in the, in the meantime, while that's happening, uh, we'll be looking at a new safety pairing. Now, Washington has not had a good safety since the days of Sean Taylor, which must be, what, nearly 10 years ago now? Uh, and we're this year. Our two great hopes are Sua Cravens, last year's rookie, who is transitioning from a sort of linebackery sort of spot uh, into the strong safety spot. But as it is with modern NFL, he's kind of going to be playing just in that in that space uh, behind the defensive line, I think, and, and uh, in the box. Is that what they call it? 
these days and uh, we'll see how he gets on. I'm not sh- I'm not sure if he's a safety. I think uh, I think he's a role player, but we'll, we'll see. And DJ Swearinger, who came across, I'm going to say that was a Cardinals team he came across for, but I think he was originally drafted by uh, Texans uh, James's team uh, a couple of years ago. He's going to be playing at free safety. I don't like him one bit, Jay. Uh, I think he's going to he's going to be uh, he's going to get burned more often than the t- the bread in my toaster. Uh, so we'll see how that goes down. But yeah, just two things for Washington: don't get mullered and don't get injured. That would uh, that's the two rules for Washington's off season. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, Colin Cowherd's got nothing on you. When it comes to metaphors, Neil, uh, fantastic work. As You're welcome. Uh, the next game, 7.30 p.m. kickoff, Jaguars at the Patriots. Ooh, this is me. Uh, let me start with the Jaguars because Ryan, uh, our Jaguar super fan, is feeling shame, leaving me to whatever NFL.com has to say about the Jaguars on this game. And their whole thing is about Cam Robinson debuting as the team's left tackle. Well, guess what? Cam Robinson's only going to play for what a quarter if we're lucky. And it's not going to be against a lot of the number ones uh, from the Patriots defense. So really not going to be able to tell all that much about Cam Robinson in this game. This is why you listen to our podcast because these guys at NFL.com aren't going to give you a breakdown about whose toast is burning and all that good stuff. All right. Uh, I, I would say from a Jaguars perspective, since I was at Patriots training camp on Monday, and you know this because I did a special edition podcast with my son, sort of talking about my observations from Patriots training camp where they practiced together with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can listen to that if you subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, etc. cetera. Uh, so you can hear uh, what I saw at uh, Patriots training camp a joint camp with the Jaguars on Monday. I would say for Jaguars folks, you want to see some depth start to develop behind uh, those offensive weapons that they have uh, running with the ones. Uh, I didn't see Leonard Fournette run with the ones very much at training camp. So I imagine Fournette is actually going to get a lot of run in this particular game uh, with the twos and the threes. Uh, Yeldon and Ivory were the two main guys that were running with the first string offense, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise to me on Monday. I thought Fournette would be in that spot, but he wasn't. Uh, So I expect to see a lot of Leonard Fournette as a Jaguars fan. Uh, Also, I mentioned the depth behind that wide receiver uh, position. Uh, Alan Hearns, Alan Robinson seemed to be good. Uh, I believe it was Robinson that got hurt on Monday. Uh, and that moved Marquise Lee, who was having a pretty good practice uh, in the slot, moved him to the outside, giving Rashad Green those slot spots. And I mentioned in my uh, in my special podcast that I do believe the slot receiver is going to have a lot of value, especially fantasy wise for for Jaguars fans. So uh, that's going to be something that I'd be watching on the Patriots side. I'm watching Jimmy Garoppolo because everything is about Jimmy Garoppolo these days in New England. Uh, I don't suspect the ones are going to get a lot of run Uh, on my way home from Patriots training camp. I heard uh, Boston sports talk uh, going crazy that Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't have that fire. He wasn't all fired up uh, to take the job from Tom Brady. He's gone the other way. Uh, 
Garoppolo is going to be just fine. Relax, as Aaron Rodgers likes to say. If if you're getting all jacked up over the backup quarterback, then you know that there's not a lot of issues going on with your team. Uh, what I do expect to see out of Garoppolo, though, in this game is him dominate against those twos and the threes so that he can prove he belongs as a starting quarterback in the NFL. That's what I'm watching for, and that's what I'm hoping to see. Devin Lucian, by the way, a wide receiver to keep note of. He's impressed in camp. Uh, he's had some pretty good catches uh, that were thrown by Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so he's a guy that uh, could end up being a camp casualty who will end up elsewhere. Neil asks, who replaces Rob Ninkovich? Good question, Neil, because I don't believe I brought this up. Uh, on the special podcast, the two guys to watch for are rookies, Dietrich Weiss, uh, who they drafted uh, in the middle rounds, and Harvey Langi, Longi, L-A-N-G-I, I believe it pronounced Longi, though, uh, undrafted free agent, uh, have been playing in that spot and impressing in camp. So uh, definitely watch for that position. Thanks for the heads up, Neil. Uh Eagles at Packers kickoff at 8 p.m. Eagles James, that's you. Uh, trust me, Cowboys Kevin is on this call. He really is. I am. I am. I really am. <laughs> I'm just waiting patiently. <laughs> he already had a game last week. Uh, all right, Eagles James. Uh, Eagles at Packers. Um, starting with the Packers, and probably very briefly here, we know that Aaron Rodgers is not going to play tonight. Uh, for the Packers side, offensively, I'm looking at Ty Montgomery. Uh, he's put on a couple of extra pounds to play running back primarily this season. They will split him out wide into the slot position as the formations dictate. Um, Martellus Bennett, newcomer over at tight end, taking over that role. Um, see how he performs uh, with the ones on defense. I'm looking at the secondary. And matter of fact, that's going to be a trend for both teams as a transition to Philadelphia. Secondaries for both these teams overall were pretty much abysmal last year. And if you don't remember what the Packers' corners look like, I uh, refer you to look back to the NFC Championship game against the Falcons as they were getting torched left and right. Uh, Same thing with the Eagles' corners. All the veterans, all the rookies, um, everybody, we've overhauled that position, brought in some new people, uh, Patrick Robinson, Mills. um, These guys are pretty much going to be under the spotlight going up against, you know, whoever's starting out there going up against the ones. Uh, on defense, I'm looking at our first-round pick, uh, Derek Barnett. See how he plays when um, when he's given his shots. See if he can actually make a push to get up to the uh, the eight-man rotation for our defensive line that uh, we like to run out there. On uh, offense, um, I'm looking at a lot here. Um, Wendell Smallwood primarily to see how uh, he performs tonight, um, given his chance to play, to see if he can actually get into the running back rotation, which I expect to primarily be the blunt and Sproles. Uh, we need a third man in there to spell them from time to time. And if Smallwood can become more consistent and improve his blocking, which hopefully shows tonight, then I think he'll be that third man in that um, primary running back rotation. Uh, we will not see, at least I don't expect to see much of Alshon Jeffrey tonight. Um, of course, Carson Wentz, see how you know he takes up the reins, having a full offseason as the starter to perform Um Pretty, I'm confident that he will play well. I'm not saying that you know he's going to you know tear the roof off the place or anything like that, but I expect a step up in year two. And um, Nelson Aguilar, 
uh, who don't remember this guy from last year. That's not a bad thing because I barely remember him either because he had hands of stone. Uh, he couldn't catch a cold in the phone booth if he tried. So um, apparently he's playing better right now in camp and has been challenging Jordan Matthews for the spot at slot receiver, which I find very interesting because unless Jordan Matthews is pretty much banged up and hobbled, there should be no competition there. Um, but we'll see how those two are deployed tonight in the offensive set uh, when the Eagles have the ball uh, with their first unit, depending on how long those starters play to see how uh, Matthews and Aguilar are deployed in the formations. So uh, that'll pretty much be a lot to, you know, to tell as far as how that battle goes throughout camp. All right. The Saints are at the Browns. That's an 8 p.m. kickoff. And this one is, uh, oh, it's Houston James. Oh, yeah. We're, we're keeping New York down. We're showing our cosmopolitan bias here on the next fan up. <laughs> so, instead uh, of New York, we're going to Seattle. Um, Saints and Browns. At least they're going to give Brock Osweiler a crappy defense to play against in his debut as a Brown. Um, I do not begrudge the man for making a lot of money for doing mediocre things. Um, but I'm glad that he's gone. So, however, I, I mean, you've got Cody Kessler, Brock Osweiler, and you've got uh, Deshaun Kaiser that should all be competing for snaps here in the preseason. Um, you know, that'll be fun to see, uh, especially against a New Orleans State defense that revamped itself a little bit this offseason. Uh, they actually spent draft picks on defensive players. I guess somebody got the memo to Sean Payton that um, they don't have a separate defensive draft later in the year for the NFL. Um, so he didn't get an offensive weapon until I think the, their fourth pick, which was a, a, their, their second pick in the third round. Um, other things to watch for uh, is just going to be how good uh, Corey Coleman looks. This will be his second year. Um, and then our Cleveland superfan Ben is also curious if Hugh is going to kind of get off this pass wacky uh, scheme he's been running and actually run the ball. Um, you know, that, that will predicate that the Cleveland offensive line is going to have to play pretty well in order to uh, ha- have an established run game. But, uh, you know, it's probably not a bad idea for Cleveland to not throw the ball with uh, the, the, the heated competition between uh, Brock Osweiler, Cody Kessler, and Deshaun Kaiser that it is. Um, the other thing that he's concerned with is how bad uh, Peppers is going to be on most plays and uh, how, how well the secondary plays. And as far as that secondary goes, they should get a good test. Drew Brees usually plays a series or two, um, at least in the first preseason game. Um, you know, for New Orleans, they're kind of like the, the anti-Patriots in that they do not have a clear path to what life is going to be like past Drew Brees. So it'll be interesting to see how their backups uh, play tonight or, yeah, play tonight. And then uh, as well as who's going to establish themselves, um, you know, as the key receiving threats. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you our Cowboys superfan who has assigned the game that will be on the NFL Network at 8 p.m. The Denver Broncos at Chicago Bears. Kevin. Oh, thank you. I'm fine. Oh, wow. Let me get my vocal cords with me here. Um, yeah. So, obviously, the Broncos-Bears matchup, the, the, I guess the what people should be looking forward to the most is seeing 
Glennon and Trubisky and see who ends up having the better game. Um, I think Glennon's going to start out here, and then Trubisky will relieve him. I mean, I know I'm excited to see Trubisky play, um, just because personally I don't think he's going to be very good. So I always like to see when players go out there and struggle, especially when that proves me right. Um, no offense, Trubisky. Um, but other than that, um, for the Bears, that I'm looking forward to seeing their front seven as well, because over the last few years, they've definitely tried to improve that. Um, Leonard Floyd had a pretty good year last year. Um, so let's see how, how they show up in week one. I, they're, they're, of course, not going to play very long, but it would be interesting to see if Leonard Floyd has improved at all since last year. Um, and the Bears offense line, um, it's sort of trending upwards. Um, I know they, they drafted a center last year. I'm forgetting his name, but he was a very impressive rookie. Um, of course, they have Kyle Long. Um, so that's going to be fun to watch to see how that new unit sort of plays together. And then as far as the Broncos, of course, I'm going to be looking at Garrett Bowles, the, the massive offensive lineman who no one even talked about really pre-draft about his office field problems being kicked out of five schools, and I still don't know why. But it's going to be cool to see him play left tackle. Um, I know that he's he was penalized a lot at Utah, so it's, it's going to be good to see if he is, his technique has improved. I'll be looking forward to also seeing my old buddy Ronald Leary um, at left guard there. And then, of course, the Broncos really have their own uh, quarterback situation there with Simeon and last year's first-round pick that everyone forgets about, Paxton Lynch. Um, I heard Simeon's going to get the start here, and then Lynch will get the start week two. But that's a, that's another quarterback battle this offseason to keep your eye on. Um, and then one last thing about the Broncos is uh, the run defense was a little shoddy last year, but I hear that um, so far at camp it's, it's definitely – improved um their their pick from florida state um i'm forgetting his name at the moment um give me a second here um the florida state guy i hear he's having a, a really really nice uh preseason um he should should definitely help help a lot with the broncos and domata peco is new to the team so it'll be good to see the Broncos in action again. I expect their defense to be improved from last year. It was sort of a down year. Um, but long story short, I'm going to be looking towards both quarterbacks in this game um, from both teams. So I think uh, think it will be a good game and definitely a good one to be on the NFL Network. And I'm assuming that's why you gave it to me because it's on the NFL Network and that's why I had to wait so long to talk. That's right. It's, it's exactly That was exactly the thought process behind all of that. Or it could have been poor planning on my part. That could also had something to do with it. We're on to the Friday games, and we begin with the Steelers and the Giants. Bills, Robert, that is your game. All right. Um, in this game, uh, the couple things I'm looking for. Uh, first off, with the Giants, I'm interested to see kind of uh, how that offensive line um, kind of uh, takes shape. Uh, they were terrible last year. Um, Eric Flowers, I want to see if uh, he's going to progress a little bit. He didn't really have a good year last year at all. Um, so I'm interested to see that. Um, I'm interested to see um, kind of what happens with Evan Ingram. Um, are they going to uh, play him as a traditional tight end role? Or are they going to 
do what I think they're going to do and kind of spread them out a little bit, uh, give themselves an extra weapon kind of in the slot. I think he's going to be fun to watch. I really enjoyed what he did in college. And I think that, you know, he landed in a pretty good situation, a lot of weapons in uh, with the giants in New York. And um, I think in the red zone, uh, given his size, he can be pretty effective. And then uh, the last thing I want to see with them um, is uh, Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman was a fourth round pick out of Clemson. Um, I want to see if he can challenge Perkins for the top spot uh, on that running back depth chart. Uh, the Giants aren't a team that runs too much. However, um, I think that whoever their starting running back is or whoever can get significant carries um, is going to be, uh, you know, someone to watch for fantasy football. They'll be fantasy relevant for sure. Um, I think that Galman, just talent-wise, may have more talent than Perkins. Um, so I'd like to see kind of how that plays out uh, for the Steelers. I'm excited because um, Josh Dobbs is going to be getting the start. Josh Dobbs is a quarterback from Tennessee. Uh, he's a rookie, uh, so he's probably going to get a pretty substantial amount of playing time. Um, and the other thing with the Steelers that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing is their wide receiver depth chart is scary good. They have tons of good guys. So it's going to be interesting to see who separates themselves and uh, who kind of falls behind. Um, I know uh, Hunter. Uh, one of their wide receivers. I There's a guy I'm kind of rooting for because he played with the Bills last year. Uh, so I think that, you know, when this offense, he'd be a good red zone threat. Um, he scored, you know, he's capable of scoring touchdowns in the red zone, you know, as a big bodied guy. So kind of interested to see where that's going to go. Is Eli Rogers going to hold on to that kind of slot position? Um, I think those are the kind of things to watch for the Steelers. All right, the next game kicking off on Friday evening. And uh, these games, uh, the, that game kicked off at 7. This game, a half hour later at 7.30. Uh, it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cincinnati Bengals, Neil. Yeah, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, there's two things I'm looking for in this in this game, Jay. Although, to be perfectly honest with you, I won't be watching this game. It's rubbish. I've got some pain to be watching dry. Uh I think O.J. OJ Howard, obviously the first-round pick from Alabama. He was uh, tight end. He was one of my guys in the draft that I really liked. He fell all the way down to them at what must have been pick 18 or so. So, yeah, looking forward to see how he's looking uh, in his first NFL season. And, of course, I want to see my, my guy, Deshaun Jackson. I'm sure James uh, Eagles James will also be having half an eye on uh, Deshaun Jackson, see how he gets on, see how he fits into that uh, Tampa Bay offense, which is pretty much unchanged from last year otherwise. In terms of the Bengals, we got a, we got a preview from, from Scott, our, uh, our Bengals fan, which was really helpful. Thanks, Scott. Uh, what I want to see in that team, I, I guess it's all about the offensive line, Jay. Uh, I think they got... Now, was that 2016 they drafted two offensive tackles in uh, Jake Fisher and Cedric Ogbui? And I think this is now their chance. Ogbui at left tackle, Fisher at right tackle. Uh, chance to uh, to go in there and prove that they can play at the NFL level. They're going to be starters. And I think there's a battle at right guard at the moment with Andre Smith and Trey Hopkins. Uh, and I, I think for years, Cincinnati had a really, really good offensive line. I think they lost... Uh, two or three players, Zeitler, they certainly lost. Uh, they did actually lose Andre Smith, didn't they, for a while when he, to somebody else. He, was it the Buccaneers he, he played for? Anyway, he left and, and, and has come back now. So 
let's see. They've always had a strong offensive line last year, not so good. That'll be a big thing to keep Dalton upright. Uh, he'll need to be upright. And, and really, the other battle going on in, in their camp is at cornerback. Obviously, Adam Jones is going to be suspended for the first game of the season. And we're looking at uh, uh, William Jackson III, who I believe was the rookie from the previous season who was... Did he miss all of last season with injury? He certainly missed some of it. Uh, he's going up against Darquez Denard, uh, who uh, uh, he'll battle with for that cornerback spot. And if they can take the job in week one, maybe Adam Jones doesn't get his starting spot back. And of course, the other player that everybody will be looking for in this game is, is Joe Mixon, isn't it? To see the guy who had obviously off-field issues, which were uh, at the forefront of the draft this year, dropped him down. Probably not. Well, definitely in the draft. Uh, let's see how he fits in. He's uh, he's the big hope there, running back for the Bengals. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother watching this game. Watch the Washington game and then move on to something else. <laughs> uh, 9 p.m. on the NFL Network, the San Francisco 49ers will be at the Kansas City Chiefs. Houston James, are you back? Oh, I am back and better than ever. Oh, I was really hoping you weren't because I really uh, just before you get into this, uh, I will start with the opening lines from Nick, our Kansas City super fan. All eyes and commentary chatter will be on quarterback Patrick Mahomes, the second's debut in the red and gold. And I fully expect him to put on a show. Yes, I fully expect him to put on a show, too. And that would be uh, a show of ineptitude, uh, checkdowns. Uh, horribleness. That's what I'm expecting to see out of Patrick Mahomes. Okay, you can continue with this uh, preview. I mean, even that would arguably be better than an Alex Smith season, though. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there is that. Uh, yep, Chiefs Nick goes on to say that he's very excited to see what Tyreek Hill, and frankly, I think a lot of people are very excited as to what Tyreek Hill is going to do um, against the San Francisco 49ers. And the other thing that he is is most excited about is their defensive end. And I'm not even going to try and uh, butcher this name. Um, There's way too many consonants for it, but it's their second round rookie. Um, Personally, I'm a little bit more interested on what the Niners have to do. There's a few more storylines there, including the debut of head coach Kyle Shanahan and just how much of a roster John Lynch was able to put together in his debut as a GM. Um, The Niners, according to our uh, Niners superfan at least, have spent the last three seasons first round pick on defensive line. And so he's very excited to see what they're going to be able to do against either Alex Smith or the rookie Patrick Mahomes II. The Niners also have a quarterback battle um, to watch out for, but this is for the backup role. They spent a third round pick on uh, C.J. Bethard. And he would is currently competing against Matt Barkley. So um, who knew he was still in the league? Good for Matt Barkley. Um, <laughs> Ryan Hoyer, though, is going to be the starter for the Niners. And uh, we're going to continue the game of which wide receiver actually plays for the 49ers these days. Uh, apparently, instead of Torrey Smith, they went out and got Pierre Garçon. And they also have Marquise Goodwin now for Brian Hoyer to uh, throw some bounce passes to. Um, he, he's also excited to see what Carlos Hyde is going to do. Uh, but that is all going to be dwarfed by Ruben Foster, who the beat writers are sh- are saying goes a thousand miles per hour on every play, even if he's going a thousand miles per hour in the wrong direction. So he's, he's made some really good plays in the backfield, but is very susceptible to play action. Um, 
so that th that will be fun to see. Uh, obviously, he was there. Uh, he was one of their rookies um, with a lot of hype, and just hoping to kind of bring that that Niners defense back to what it was, you know, three or four years ago, before a, a string of retirements and uh, you know just overall roster turnover. Moving to Saturday games now. Uh, the first kickoff is at seven thirty. That is the Titans. At the Jets, who did I assign this game to? That would be me. Oh, hello, Eagles, James. Yeah, and welcome back to me. So um, in this game, um, if you're fans of either one of these teams, you're going to be happy, and then Jets fans, you're going to want to pray a lot, <laughs> endlessly, like from here until the Super Bowl and maybe even through the draft. Um, of course, from the Titans side, you're looking at Mar Marcus Mariota, seeing how he bounces back from his broken leg last season. Not offense, see how they click. Um, second year under him. Defensively, Dick LeBeau is planning to uh, incorporate some new things into the defense and uh, boost the secondary play a little bit. So uh, keep an eye on them, especially their second-round pick of Dory Jackson, cornerback from USC. Um, he should get a lot of playing time with the second unit once they hit the field. And um, I like to say that's it as far as my input on this game, but apparently there's another team from – New Jersey that plays on the other side in green and white. And um, yeah, back to what I said previously, just pray. This, this team is pretty much a walking disaster. Um, the best wide receiver pretty much uh, in Nunwa went down with the season and the injury earlier this week. Um, combined, the receivers they have on the roster have less than 600 yards receiving total. And that's like five guys at least who have NFL experience over the last couple of years. Um, defensively, sure, I guess Richardson is somebody to look at. He's a veteran who's still on the team. But to say the cupboard is bare is an understatement. They're going to be leaning a lot on their youth. So um, pretty much look at everybody who got drafted and everybody in training camp has a shot to make this squad. Uh, any veteran five years over could be looking over his shoulder to getting bumped before the season is out as this team is, quote, tanking and um, – rebuilding right now i'd also be worried about todd bowles head coach he may not make it through the season if they uh, play as badly as everyone expects them to i'm not saying they're going to go 0 and 16 and i'm not going to say they're going to break the 92 seahawks record for fewest points in the season but they're going to come awfully close i'll say that they're going to do that uh, <laughs> which so one 0 and 16 or the record both so you don't oh, have man. to, so no, you don't have to worry about they're not that. going 0 and 16 come on guys that's right that's uh, it's a hundred. It's hundred forty points in a sixteen game season. They have to score more than that. Mm. That's nine point. That's eight point eight points a game. If they kick three field goals every week, they'll be fine. <laughs> eh, we'll but, see. By but the can way, I, can I name I'm one waiting. player who I'm looking forward to in this game? Sure, uh, please. <laughs> I believe Austin Safarian Jenkins, the former Buccaneer who has had a multitude of problems off the field, is going to play. And I believe the Jets are sort of excited for him. Um, so that is pretty much the only person on the offensive side I'm going to be looking for. And then, of course, Hackenberg and, and Bryce Petty. But yeah, everyone sure. knows they're, they're going to suck. But, uh, yeah, Austin, I'm sort of intrigued by Safarian Jenkins because he has all the tools, all the traits. He's just, uh, he's just an idiot, for lack of a better word. But I'm sort of hoping he can make something of himself. I'm Jets reading. I'm reading the blurb here on NFL.com. They're suggesting that Bryce Petty's not going to make the team, which 
it, that would it, make no sense. It, but well, anything with the Jets makes sense. I no. So why so the they Jets? would just have Hackenberg and Josh McCown who would be there. Eh, That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, mm-hmm. Honestly, or, or, or better yet, incompetent quarterbacks who are not named Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, you know what? There's there's a point on Colin Kaepernick. Eagles, James, and I, we can agree on uh, perhaps a team that Kaepernick could make better. But again, if your whole thing is to suck for Darnold, then you probably don't want Car- Colin Kaepernick as your quarterback. Uh, hey, Cowboys, Kevin, you're up again. It's the Cowboys again. at the Los Angeles Rams, 9 p.m. kickoff on the NFL Network. Ooh, nice NFL Network. What a what a great thing. Anyway, though, I guess I'll stop reading about Natalie Holloway. Uh, but um, so the Cowboys and the Rams. Um, the Rams obviously don't really care much about them at all. They're a horrible team. But I'm going to be looking at Jared Goff to see if he uh, he's improved whatsoever. Highly doubt it. But I mean, the Rams sort of tried to get him a few weapons this offseason. Cooper Cup is. Supposedly having a really nice camp, the 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 wide receiver from Eastern Washington, I think it is. Um, so it would be interesting to see how how he he plays and how the Cowboys secondary fares against him, along with their second round pick, who I think was their their first pick in the the draft, uh, Gerald Everett, the tight end out of Butler. He's pretty raw from what I hear, but they like his potential. So those are two players on the Rams um, on the offensive side of the ball that I'll be looking forward to. Their defensive side of the ball. It's pretty much set. Everyone knows it's the strong suit of their team. That's like, I mean, the Rams, they have a good defense. All they need is a competent offense, and they'll, they'll be a, a force to reckon with. So I'm not really looking too much on the defensive side of the ball for them. Um, and now the best team in the NFL, um, the Cowboys. What I'll be looking for is, I mean, Dak Prescott's going to play. I hope he only plays one series. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt, um, and that will be a productive sign. Des Bryant's going to play a little bit, always Nice to see him out there. Um, hopefully he can uh, get a touchdown from, from Dak. So I always love to see him throw up the X. Um, and now, Lyle Collins, I want to see him at right tackle again because he's sort of been inconsistent. We're trying to move him from left guard to right tackle, obviously. Um, I hear his, his hand placement and his hand technique is really all over the place. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes um, Cowboys analyst or the writer Brian Brodus who's very very knowledgeable um very good scouting uh scouting dude uh said that sometimes he has his hands all the way down at his his his, his rear end which which is not effective at all so the Cowboys offensive line is going to be something to look at here uh, along with the left guard position Byron Bell and Jonathan Cooper they're sort of battling it out for for the starting left guard position and I want to say Chaz Green is battling it out with them too, but this is his third year with the Cowboys, but he just always seems to be here, never healthy. So I wouldn't really count on him being the starting left guard come week one. So it's really between Jonathan Cooper and Byron Bell, I would say. Um, so if you guys like 320-pound left guard, um, left guard battles, then this is the place to tune in. Um, and then let's see what else about the Cowboys. Obviously, there's so much to talk about. Um, Rico Gathers, he actually had a, a he was the most impressive player at the Hall of Fame game. He had a really nice tight uh, t- touchdown catch. Um, 
the Cowboys want him to be the heir apparent to 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 Jason Witten, um, former basketball player at Baylor. Um, all the physical tools. Jason Garrett said he still has a lot to learn, but he he's coming along nicely. Much improved from last year, where he spent the entire year on the practice squad. Um, so I'm definitely excited to look at Rico again. Um, and then, of course, some of our younger players on defense, Xavier Woods, I'm looking forward to. He didn't really play much in the Hall of Fame game, which I was sort of surprised, the six-round pick out of Louisiana Tech. Um, but uh, so him, Xavier Woods, Jordan Lewis, I don't think is going to play. But Jadobi, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing again. Taco Charlton, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing again, who has sort of had mixed reports um, last week. Rod Marinelli says he needs to do better. But Pro Football Focus sort of graded him out pretty decently um, against the run. But uh, against the pass, he definitely needs to do better because that's why we drafted him. And then DeMontre Moore. I mean, I know he was just suspended, but he had a really good game in the Hall of Fame, in the, the Hall of Fame week. Um, super fast off the edge. He was putting a lot of pressure. Um, a lot of people are saying he could, he could eventually become a starter um, as the season goes on after he serves his two-game suspension. So that's what I'm looking for the Cowboys. Basically, they're young defensive players and they're two offensive, they're two offensive line um, battles, I guess. Um, I mean, Lyle Collins is not really a battle. They're sort of giving it to him, but he needs to improve. So that's important for him to do that. And then I'm just, I'm just hoping Dak doesn't get hurt. Um, that would be, you know, that would be terrible. Unless Tony came back, but uh, yeah, <laughs> next game. Uh, by the way, uh, a cowboy player got suspended. That's uh, that's not a surprise. Also, not newsworthy. Uh, <laughs> Raiders are at the Cardinals. 10 p.m. kickoff. Rob, this game's yours. Yay! All right. Um, for this game, I think for the Raiders' point of view, there's a couple things. Uh, first off, a backup quarterback position. Uh, epic battle between EJ Manuel and Connor Cook. Um, kind of be kind of interesting to see who gets that. Uh, the new quarterback coach in uh, with the Raiders was EJ Manuel's old quarterback coach, so he does have a little bit of familiarity with at least you know some of the people there. Um, I think Connor Cook would win that. Um, I'm only saying that because I've seen EJ Manuel play. Um, the backup running back spot, which I think is a like sneaky important position. Um, just, you know, not only for football in general, but uh, for this team, for fantasy football. And uh, right now, DeAndre Washington uh, is kind of done uh, most of the work with as the number two guy. It's going to be interesting to see if anyone else comes up, gets that spot from him, or, uh, you know, if he could just grab a hold of it, um, which, you know, from a fantasy football perspective would give him quite a bit of value. And from a team, uh, team would give him quite a bit of value as well. Uh, given that you have a running back there that didn't play last year and is probably susceptible to some type of injury as the season goes on. Uh, last thing with them, uh, interested to see with the DBs. Um, they signed Sean Smith from KC uh, last year, I believe. Um, but this year he's playing with the twos, uh, even after the good money they gave him. Um, has he really regressed as far? I'm kind of interested in seeing that. Uh, seeing how all that plays out, you'd think he'd definitely be, you know, playing with the ones for sure. You know, the Cardinals, we've already kind of seen in action. Uh, so a couple of things. I'm interested in seeing Buda Baker. Um, he played well in the first preseason game. 
I'd like to see how that, you know, if he can kind of build on that uh, from last week. Uh, the other player I'm interested in seeing on defense is a guy by the name of Cap Cappy, uh, who's an edge rusher. Uh, wasn't really expected to pick up a roster spot with this team. Um, and he played well. Um, I believe by pro football focus, he was rated as their second best defensive player um, in the game last week. Um, can he build on what he did and maybe steal a roster spot from someone else? And the other thing with the Cardinals, I'm just kind of interested in seeing Blaine Gabbert, uh, only because he looked competent uh, against Dallas. Uh, can he do that again against the Raiders? It's time for Sunday games. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We kick off at 1.30 in the afternoon Eastern time on the NFL Network. It is the Detroit Lions at the Indianapolis Colts. Whose game is this? Yeah, I've got that game. Oh, uh, another another winner for you, Neil. Yeah, this is, this is, a, this is a better game, yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Jay. Have a guess. How many times has this guy been sacked in his eight years in this league? Mm, a lot. Correct. 242 <laughs> times in eight years, which is what? Just over 30 times uh, a season. That's that's not good for a franchise quarterback. So, yeah, a lot of uh, focus is going to be on this offensive line. And what happened? They lost Taylor Decker, last year's first-round pick. He's out for the season, I believe. And guess who's playing left tackle? Greg Robinson. Yes, that Greg Robinson. The uh, the new Orlando Pace, as he was, as we knew him two or three years ago. Uh, uh, kicked around with the Rams for a while. And now is uh, the starting left tackle for the Detroit Lions. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that is uh, – that, <laughs> that's definitely what not getting better looks like. That's really – yeah. So, uh, a lot of eyes are going to be focusing on that Detroit offensive line to see if they can get some sort of unit that can uh, protect Matthew Stafford. On the, uh, on the Indianapolis side, we're again talking quarterbacks. I mean, Andrew Luck, he's been injured so often. I guess, you know, if he was a horse, somebody would have shot him already. But <laughs> he's still around. Uh, uh, and unfortunately, because he's so injured, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be lumbered with Scott Tolzien. Uh, and I don't think that's anything that M really wants to see. But he's going to be running out with that first-team offense. Uh, and for Indianapolis, unfortunately, their first-round pick in the draft, Malik Hooker, who I think was a big favorite of Rob's, uh, he's he's <laughs> injured, uh, as is Clayton Gathers. He's also injured. So a couple of safeties there. Darius Butler will be starting and also a battle between uh, Matthias Farley and TJ Green for the other safety spots. So something to watch there. And there, huh, again, we're back. Injured quarterbacks usually means a bad offensive line. Indianapolis have also got one of those. Uh, Jim Mercy thinks it's fixed, but I'm not so sure. Uh, uh, let's see how that looks going into the season. And yeah, this for Indianapolis fans, this is the first time since 2001 they enter a season without either Freeney or Mathis as pass rushers. So who's going to step up and replace that pass rush for Indianapolis? Uh, we'll get our first they look at that. They also lost Bjorn Warner, Neil. Let's not forget. That's true. I mean, future Hall of Famer <laughs> Bjorn Warner. Uh, <laughs> is, is, he in, is he still in the league anywhere? The great I really question. don't know. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a question for us to for for somebody to Google while while we're chatting. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, who's going to be who's going to be the pass rush for the for the Indianapolis Colts? It uh, it doesn't look good. I, I don't I like the Colts at all this year. I don't. Know I hope someone's it. googling it because I just want to throw out there that NFL.com once again uh, with a curious write up on this particular game, throwing shade at Indianapolis, uh, uh, saying it's interesting to see teams like the Ravens explore options at backup quarterback when their number two is Ryan Mallett and Joe Flacco likely to return by the season opener, and yet Indianapolis, where Andrew Luck has, you know, as Neil's mentioned been taken out and been shot um, <laughs> uh, is relying on Scott Tolzien uh, as their backup quarterback. So why is there no outrage that Colin Kaepernick hasn't been reached out uh, to back up Andrew Luck in Indianapolis? I, I, that's what I'm taking Jay, by you, this write up. Jay, have you been to Indiana? Uh, no. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not out on a limb here to say it's not exactly a progressive place. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, just I can just, that also, and that I can also just add necessitates the, uh, Ryan Grigson or whoever their uh, or not Ryan Grigson, I think he's out. Uh, whoever their GM is to have the foresight to to protect Andrew Luck, and since he can't even be bothered, or Jim Irsay, since he can't even be bothered to protect Andrew Luck on the front end with the offensive line, like. What makes you think he has the foresight to plan and say, you know what, backup quarterback is definitely a need that we have because we're going to run through like six or seven quarterbacks with as bad as our offensive line is. Yeah, I mean, perhaps he'd be doing uh, the the folks in Indiana a favor. He'd be throwing Colin Kaepernick out there to the Wolves to be, you know, pounded upon. Uh, it could be it could be another uh, another option. Uh, Are for, you talking for, on the field or on the tunnel leading up to the game? <laughs> Flip a coin uh, and pick one. It's, it, it, who knows? I'm, I'm going to tread lightly now on this. Uh, Neil, <laughs> saving me with the Bjorn Warner update. Yeah, I can tell you that... Uh, uh, Sadly, sadly, and I hope you guys are all sitting comfortably in, in a safe place, but uh, on the 15th of January, uh, Bjorn announced his retirement from professional football. <laughs> Was it a retirement or was it a fourth exit? Hey, it's retirement. He was desperately (laughs) wanted. However, the good news is that Werner will continue his work on supporting young European talents to become players in the NFL. So just expect nothing to come from Europe in the next 10 (laughs) years then. Uh, Werner will soon sort that out. All right. uh, Last... But not least, we have the Seattle Seahawks, and they are facing the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego, 8 p.m. NFL Network. Our first look at the stadium that could barely hold the uh, crowds attending Patriots training camp, never mind an actual NFL football crowd. Uh, Who did I assign this lovely game to here? That would be me, Jay. Oh, excellent! Your Seattle, your Seattle correspondent for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this this game brought to you by United Healthcare features <laughs> a laundry list of injured players that will be sitting on the sidelines cheerleading their team, uh, including the Chargers' first and second round picks. Uh, so Mike Williams, their uh, supposed phenom wide receiver, uh, Forrest Lamp, um, 
you <laughs> basically everybody on the Chargers is hurt. Um, usually they wait till the regular season to pull this move. They're getting a jump on it. Um, maybe it's due to playing in an MLS stadium, feeling that they need to take these dives and, you know, they haven't stocked up with that, that stalker magic spray to get them back out on the field, but not to be outdone. The Seahawks are also going to have quite a few people injured. Um, Earl Thomas is not injured, although not expected to play. Uh, Tyler Lockett is probably going to be on a, um, uh, is probably going to be sidelined, uh, even though he is practicing. Uh, Luke Jokel, Jermaine Ifide, they're both out. Um, you know, Russell Wilson and CJ Procise were, were definitely dinged up at the end of the year. So even though they've had the entire offseason to recover, they are probably not going to be playing. Um, you know, our, our Seahawks superfan Justin and, uh, you know, Sunday night host. Uh, so he, he may have some live look-ins on this game, depending on when he decides to record on Sunday. But uh, he's interested in seeing how Eddie Lacy, the uh, suddenly svelte Eddie Lacy, is going to be looking uh, now that he's maintaining a – staying on his weight plan, I guess. Um, you know, Thomas Rawls obviously was a, a bit of a disappointment last year after a, a breakout rookie year. Um, <clears throat> so that, that will be interesting to see on just the running back side, as well as if they can come up with some way, shape, or form of a combination of offensive linemen to play that does not result in the immediate death of uh, their quarterback and uh, running back. Uh, on the Chargers side, I think if you show up to the game, uh, you get to catch a pass <laughs> from either Phillip Rivers or one of the backup quarterbacks. Um, this will be in-game, not, uh, not uh, you know, pre-game or anything like that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a shame to see the Chargers uh, – already a rather anonymous team, go into an anonymous stadium and then have all of these injuries at the, at the onset. Um, it will be good to see Melvin Gordon come back after he was injured last year. Um, and aside from that, you know, good to have football adjacent things in Los Angeles, I guess. I'm sure, I'm sure hoping that the, the people of LA are glad to have NFL football back there. Not one, but two games in L.A. this weekend as the uh, Rams are on Saturday, the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, Cardell Jones, I suspect, would get a lot of run here, Rob. Yeah, I'm sure uh, he's uh, going to play quite a bit uh, in the game. Uh, his uh, former coach, his former O.C. in Buffalo, Anthony Lynn, now his head coach in uh, L.A. I'm sure they're kind of, you know, he's their quote unquote developmental guy. Uh, so I'm sure, uh, you know, these preseason games, you know, that's what they're made for is players like Cardell Jones, uh, who has shown flashes, uh, had a nice, beautiful uh, touchdown in week 17 um, to uh, Justin. Uh, God, is Justin Hunter. His name almost, almost slipped me. Um, you know, so he's shown flashes in the little bit that he's played. Um, I think that uh, you'll see uh, him a lot in the preseason. All right. There you go. The uh, the full slate of games previewed for you here on the next Fan Up podcast, and we did it in under an hour and a half. Impressive, gentlemen. Uh, not saying that the show is over by any stretch of the means, because I could have sworn I heard somebody wanted to say something. No, we want to address the uh, the extension to uh, Devonta Freeman. Uh, yep. Mm, no. 
years extended, I hear. I, I don't want to talk about a guy who basically cost his team a Super Bowl because he was looking the wrong way when he was supposed to be blocking. <laughs> that, that's a bit much, but yeah. Um, yeah, that, that one play Matt, did not. Matt Ryan the Super Bowl. doesn't. Okay, Matt Ryan doesn't get killed if Devontae Freeman is actually looking out to his right where he's supposed to be instead of looking across Matt Ryan to the left where he was. Okay. I, mean, I, I don't believe Devonta Freeman let up 25 points in approximately <laughs> seven seconds. That one play turned to tie. <laughs> but there is there's an interesting uh, aspect. There's an interesting aspect to this contract, isn't there, James? In the sense of uh, uh, he's basically he getting paid. He's getting basically getting paid what running backs were getting paid a number of years ago. Hasn't changed like that much. Actually, no. Uh, his well, average salary is going to be eight point nine million, which makes him, aside from Le'Veon Bell's franchise tag, will make him the highest paid running back in the league. Because uh, right, but what Neil was saying, eight. like ten years ago, this is what like your average NFL starter was making. They were yeah, right around pretty eight, much eight to nine million. Um, that's actually it, it's interesting. And it's not all at the same time. Uh, the the average works out to that, but the way that the contract is structured, he doesn't actually yeah. make more than eight million dollars as far as a cap hit goes uh, until mm-hmm. the third year of the extension, which is four years from now, because he still has one year on his on his original mm-hmm. deal. So in 2020, he'd be a nine and a half million cap hit. Um, conveniently, though, he can be cut that year at very little cost. <laughs> um, so they, they definitely back end loaded this contract to make it look like a really good deal. Um, so, I mean, he's got cap hits of four and a half, five and six, just under $7 million over the next three years. Uh, after that, which I'm sure he's, he's never going to see, um, at least the way that the contract is structured, it, you know, it's nine and a half million, nine and a quarter, eight and a quarter million dollar hits for 2020 and beyond. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is basically a, it turns into a three-year contract. So the, the current year that he has, two years on his extension, um, after that, the, the Falcons can cut him at virtually no, uh, virtually no cost to themselves. Uh, it, it would cost him about $3 million on the cap hit. Yeah, I mean, even if they restructured, though, um, you know, it would, it would accelerate the, the – or not the roster bonus, the signing bonus money. So they'd owe him right. – uh, or they'd owe $6 million on the cap that year. But they, they'll be fine. Um, the only interesting thing from my perspective, though, is how this impacts uh, Coleman, his backfield mate, considering, one, they do split time. Freeman's not the primary back. They literally split time about 50-50. And Coleman has it goes into the last year of his rookie deal next season. So, well, he'll depending on how he plays this year, say if he balls out, goes for, let's just say, 1150 rushing, uh, about 400 receiving, and say nine touchdowns. Will he be looking for the same, you know, pay increase as well? I mean, that, that's interesting. But if they gave Tevin Coleman the exact same contract as Devonta Freeman, they would be for like the 2019 season against the cap. They would be right at 10 oh, million dollars yeah. for the running for the running back position, uh, and then they can get it in a spot where they can restructure Freeman in 2020, or you know, cut him outright. Um, you know, if they, if they found another option there. So yes, it's interesting because it'll, we'll have to see how it impacts Coleman, but uh, I mean, they could, they could offer Coleman this exact same contract, you know, next year or the year after, and they would still be looking at spending less than $10 million on the running back position and have two, you know, really good running backs uh, for less than the price of Le'Veon Bell. 
Uh, Rob, you have a stat that you wanted to uh, recite here for us. Well, I saw it. Uh, I saw it pretty recently. Um, I believe it was about five years ago um, that starting running backs, you know, the average is about 10% of the salary cap. And that just, you know, with the way the passing game has kind of exploded has gradually gone down. And this year, I think it was, um, it's right around 5% uh, for the average starting running back as far as salary cap, which is why you see, you know, the contract numbers that were signed uh, by Freeman or basically similar contract numbers to what LaDamian Tomlinson signed years ago. Hmm. Interesting. Is it is it the only position that's uh, where the salaries are either staying fairly similar or or, or are dropping compared I, to other other positions yeah, in the league? I, I don't know. I just saw this particular stat, but I mean it's pretty alarming. I mean it dropped in half. Like so, so, so Neil, to answer your question, the the short answer is yes. Um, there's a lot of noise. So like you'll see certain positions, like for a while, wide receiver was the commodity that, and you just have to look at his percentage of cap. So the only position that's going up is quarterback. And as a result, some other position or, you know, group of positions has to go down. Um, You'll see offensive line. There's a, there's a blip in there on how offensive linemen got overpaid for a while. And then it was wide receivers right now. It's like defensive ends are starting to see a pretty good uh, increase, but it's, that will also probably phase out here in a little bit. Uh, but running backs over the past, you know, six to 10 years, it's just kind of been a slow, steady decline. Um, and they've kind of hit their, their bottom point here. Um, and of course, but I mean, and you ha- sorry, yeah, you, you have to take into consideration too with the quarterback position that the, the game's best quarterback is uh, basically his, his owner's poodle by taking a, such, a, such, a, such a, a tiny amount of cash. So it would be higher if he was taking a proper salary. Correct. I mean, there's a, and I mean, but I mean, you can make that argument too for like the rookies that are playing really well. So like Derek Carr, um, well, I mean, now that he has his extension, right. So um, that kind of forgets that argument, but you have like Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. So you do have a couple of players that are really skewing or they're not even skewing the number down because you have players like Joe Flacco and Kirk Cousins and um, even Drew Brees, like in their, in the last year, they're, contract that are making, you know, close to $30 million in cash, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, you get one guy that's taking up 20 plus percent of your cap. And, you know, that's going to make a pretty big impact on the, on the overall market. And that mm-hmm. doesn't even include the fact that a lot of backup quarterbacks are making more money than starting running backs. So, yep. you know, like Brandon Whedon, who is arguably not an NFL quarterback, but he's the, uh, you know, the third stringer for the Texans. Um, he's making, I want to say $4 million this year. Um, oh my God. You know, and he's going to go in as, as like the third string quarterback. And so you get a lot of guys out there that you're spending, you know, 15 or $20 million on your starter. And then on top of that, you're spending three to five, maybe even six or $7 million on your backup, which is why last year, you know, there was so much talk of even keeping Tony Romo, for this year, um, because as far as a cap hit across the league, the quarterback position, when you roll in Dak's rookie contract with Tony Romo's big hit, it doesn't really make them a big outlier as far as what most teams are putting out for total quarterback expense. All right. We really got into the weeds on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I'm going. And uh, so on that note, I will end 
today's show. Send us your emails, nextfanup at gmail.com. If you want to be one of the super fans that joins us on these previews, uh, we have an opening for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions. And of course, any of the super fans that did not submit their uh, preview for this week, Kevin, uh, their, uh, their opening, those uh, positions could become available in the very near future if they fail to uh, produce those previews uh, for future weeks. So uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're always accepting applications. So I have to, Jay, I have to defend me. Kevin here because, oh, you know, okay. Kevin, fellow NFC East guy, James, you'll feel the same. It must be difficult. No, he's a there's, Cowboys there's fan. Not, I don't feel the same. There's, there's not a lot to say about Dallas. What can he say? It's like it's like <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> well, Neil, your heart's fan. in the right place, but <laughs> I appreciate your defense. And oh, yeah, I tried. I, I, I promise. I promise. No more previews will be missed. <laughs> and that's all I can say. All right, so email us, nextfanup at gmail.com. You can tweet us at NFU Podcast. And, of course, uh, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash NFU Podcast. All of these previews are available on our website, nextfanup.wordpress.com. That link is in our show notes, so uh, it's uh, very easy to remember. Uh, we, uh, we are part of two pods a day, hashtag two pods a day. Uh, I've... Uh, I got to get on the ball there and uh, keep uh, retweeting the two shows that keep getting uh, previewed. I've been, I'm off by about a week, so got to make that up here. But uh, if you're interested in listening to uh, podcasts that aren't necessarily of a football variety, uh, two pods a day, the best way to find some new podcasts to listen to. Uh, and I think with all of that, I'm going to bring in Landry Jones. There you have it. Next week will be next week. Today I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to go back home and, and hang out. Hey, Robin, that uh, Juszczyk guy, he is he really the top, uh, top 10. I think the way his contract worked out, he's the number nine paid running back this year as far as a captain. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not wow. funny. Even though originally, the first thing was, like, the Bills had him. And then, like, the day before or whatever. And then he signed a contract with San Francisco. But it's, like, four years, $21 million, I think, was what he signed. Mm, wow. I'm going to look it up now. I'm curious. Yeah, it's it's four for 21. That's exactly right. Yeah. But it's, yeah, but I think could, the way but, the money is, this year he's a number, the number nine highest paid running back. Like, just back, period. Uh, well, let's see. What would that be? So cash flow. Five million six. You also didn't give EJ Manuel his due respect. He's great no. at the hard count, right? That's the one thing he's good at. That's the one thing he's good at is the hard count. He's the best in the league at the hard count. <laughs> the best in the league. No, he, he might is good be. at it. That's for sure. Yeah, he really is. It's hysterical. The Bills used to bring him in just to do the hard count on third and one or fourth and one, and it would work every yeah, time. I mean, so if you just want money paid in 2017, it looks like use check is the third highest paid runner. Oh, well, really? The third? Yes. Well, hold on here. They, so they that been seven and a half in the first round in fantasy football. What's going on here? Yeah, that, that uh, John Lynch, what a great job he's doing. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, they could cut him next year and be done. Yeah, it's a year-to-year deal um, from the so looks of it. The, yeah, the cash flow for his contract for this year is $7.5 million. Um, let's oh. see. One, two, three, four. That'd make him fifth. Mm-hmm. So, because on, on cash flow, the only people that get are getting more cash are basically the rookies. So you get Leonard Fournette because of the, the signing bo- or the bonus and Christian McCaffrey for the bonus. You get Le'Veon Bell because he's on the tag. And then you have Devonta Freeman who just signed a new deal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind <laughs> of embarrassing. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.